0: This is a Retail Insider podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rippett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, we're currently recording on February the 11th, 2021, and there's one key article that we wanted to cover from this week that is very popular called Luxury Retail to See Growth in Canada in 2021. Now, Craig, it doesn't surprise me that you wrote this article because you really pay attention to and love the retail segment. But I like how you took a lot of these brands that either opened or expanded of a luxury nature towards the end of 2019 and into 2020 looking towards 2021 do you want to take us through that
1: yeah yeah i mean even in 2020 i was talking to some luxury retailers we do some staffing with best retail careers and luxury careers canada and yeah. uh, i was surprised to be honest that some of the luxury brands we spoke to said that they were actually doing quite well mm-hmm. and continued some of those conversations and i decided to do a bit of an overview uh, uh, as we continue into 2021 on what's happening in luxury retail in Canada, it's, it's something that I've been personally interested in and we've covered it certainly quite yeah. extensively in Retail Insider. And I uh, yeah, uh, kind of wanted to do a bit of an overview just to kind of talk about it and, and celebrate it to a degree because it shows that there is still confidence in the Canadian market in terms of brands looking at uh, yeah. you know making money here, essentially.
0: Well, when you take a look back to March, 2020, when the COVID lockdowns were just beginning, everybody across every single vertical was freaking out because it was a big unknown of what was coming around the corner. that was all verticals that would be like luxury that would be off price that would be the wholesale that would be grocery everybody had no idea what was coming down the pipe so it's interesting for us as retail insider being able to look at those trends of how things happened in 2020 to be able to see how these different verticals pivoted or was able to maneuver to be able to thrive or not through 2020. Uh So Craig like for for luxury that's what this is this article is about I suspect things like Canadians not traveling was really helping the Canadian luxury. But what was your thought? Yeah,
1: no, I, I think it's just a reality. People are not traveling like they were before. I know that some households have snuck down to places mm. like Florida. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most of the pandemic, people that are living in Canada stayed in Canada. They, mm. they weren't traveling internationally like they were before. And yeah. there yeah. are some wealthy households in Canada who... I do in in the past anyways, like to go to places like New York or Paris and shop and uh, uh, may have avoided say Toronto or Vancouver uh, or Montreal for that matter. And uh, with the pandemic and people being at home more, we found that some of the local stores were starting to uh, uh, see more business from locals that live in Canada uh, in the stores that are in Canada.
0: Well, and it's different for the luxury vertical because like when you take a look at the off price vertical, like let's say the outlets and stuff like that, a lot of people would be spending in Canada anyhow, or let's say wholesale, like people would not go to the United States or like overseas to go to Costco, right? So those types of things that were thriving were thriving for different reasons. Um, okay, well, maybe people weren't driving across from Vancouver to the Seattle outlets or something, but still... Um, the luxury vertical, the luxury consumer is very different and it's a very different wealth staying in Canada. And
1: in some respects, I think that the wealth that we have here in Canada, if they're going to spend it in Canada, we actually have some stores that have seen some higher sales because
0: um,
1: even though I think Canada, some Canadians like to think that there's equality here. There's really an inequality in terms of there is a really high upper echelon of wealthy people in Canada who have a lot of money to spend and are able to do it anywhere that they want. And if they're doing it in Canada, that's just a bonus. So uh, that I think is part of the reason why we're seeing these high sales. uh, Another thing too, is is some of this product is going overseas because Mm. if you've got a store in a place like Vancouver, if you've got a Gucci store, Mm. um, there's no question, uh, hopefully that that it's real Gucci. I'm sure there's no issue there, (laughs) but in places like say China, um, there have been situations where some stores or even malls have been just full of counterfeits in the stores that look like the brands but they're not really really um hopefully that's not Pervasive. I know the government did a big crackdown last year and even in 2019, oh, I but I didn't know that uh, the counterfeiting thing is an issue. So that does benefit us because we're looked at as a trustworthy country overall, hopefully. yeah, <laughs> still, hopefully.
0: <laughs> well, what I thought was interesting is about a week ago, there was a quote in the global news that uh, was from the CEO of Berks Canada. I can't pronounce his name. Bado, yep. Yeah, Bidou. Um, He was quoted as saying, It has been extremely difficult in a business like ours. Curbside pickup and e commerce don't replace Berks and mortar business. So for me, when I read that about a week ago, um, I was not under the impression that he was giving a sunshine and butterflies kind of feel for what luxury was going to be looking like uh, for 2021, especially. So is there any thought on, is there like certain luxury retailers versus others that are flowering or blossoming versus some that aren't because that wasn't a very rosy comment.
1: And that's a tough one because with curbside, you know, but a lot of Berks, the store, the stores that Berks have are in the Toronto and Montreal markets and Montreal just saw a lifting of its yeah, true uh, lockdowns. And here in the Toronto area, we still have lockdowns. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a challenge because I don't know if someone's buying a $500,000 bracelet, Yeah, are they going to, you know, do a contactless pickup at the corner of the yeah. street? I don't know. No. Uh, Maybe not, but I I live above the Hermes store on Bloor Street and uh, they actually use the fire door. Like there's a a fire entrance under our building and they actually do curbside pickup. And I see deliveries being made there because I know some of the staff at Hermes and I'm like, oh, hey, everybody. (laughs) How's (laughs) it going? I'm walking home with my groceries. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because I'm just doing Groceries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I see that, they know, they're they're doing that. So for sure they are doing curbside pickup and it seems quite busy and and, uh, I'm sure they're making... Uh, some half decent money uh, certainly some of the brands that I'd spoken to especially in places like you know British Columbia and Alberta where they didn't have the same lockdowns yeah, we're, uh, we're seeing considerable success and yeah. and part of it again is with that article I was forecasting just where stores are opening and, and the fact is the Webster decided to sign a lease and they're opening a store yes. here during a pandemic and yes I remember yeah. uh, that for those that aren't familiar or didn't read the article it's a multi-brand retailer out of Miami that's got mm. some you know expensive brands within and it's considered to be a very cool concept so yes yeah. uh, stores like that as well as Say Isaiah, which uh, uh, we reported on, will be opening at the corner of Yorkville Avenue and Bel Air Street. Uh, another one where they're they're taking a significant risk. They sign that lease during a pandemic, and they're opening that store during a pandemic, and it's going to include a men's lounge, which probably won't be used for a while because it's meant to be a gathering place. Yeah, and- pricey, yeah. yeah. I don't know, unless men want to hang out with masks on, uh, you know, it it may not be so well used. But I think in the long run, that store could see tremendous success if, uh, because apparently Isaiah has a a real following amongst uh, men that can afford the brand and and, and like it.
0: Well, it's interesting because I never heard of it before. So as I was prepping for this, um, like I've read the article back when, but I wanted to refresh myself. They have some beautiful stores like, and I Really, I'm interested to see how this um, plays out just because the the place that they're picking up is kind of, it looks like it's more of a basement kind of level, um, unless I'm wrong, but it's kind of where an antique store was and then the, a pink store was before. Pink it, Tartan. <laughs> pink Tartan, yeah. So I'm interested to see where that's going. But Webster, oh my goodness. Did you see the, like, the photos in our article for Webster for their Los Angeles store? It is stunning.
1: Yeah, like, the one at the Beverly Center. It's a yes. pink, yeah.
0: It's beautiful.
1: And so I'm excited
0: to see how that like their restoration, because I think it's July is 2021 is when they're looking to open for the Webster. So very encouraging. Hoping, hoping the like the lockdowns are kind of eased by then so that they can have a good opening. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it will be interesting. I walked by a few days ago and um, it was brick. Like they've sandblasted the building. So it's looking good, but I think they're going to paint it. I'm not sure what color they're going to paint it. Somebody said gold. Somebody said pink. Uh, Gold to ask somebody and see if they've decided. I have no idea. It might have yeah. been contingent on zoning. I think a big gold store would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the brick is nice, but you know, Toronto has lots of brick buildings. And, oh yeah, yeah, brick, yeah. brick almost. But um, you know, I don't know if you had a big gold block sitting on Scholar Street. <laughs> I mean, that would get my attention. Oh yeah. Well,
0: it's a quiet street there too, but that also like Golden Goose is also another um, retailer that was opening or has it opened yet in York?
1: I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't have opened to the public because of because course we're in the lockdown, but honestly, yeah. I don't know because if you go the this is the funny thing you go on the Yorkdale website, it says it's open, but then it doesn't show Tom Brown and it's kind of in that area. And I looked at the map a few weeks ago and that's where the Tom Brown opening thing was on the. So I think there's might be just a glitch in the Yorkdale website. So honestly, I don't know. I have not been to Yorkdale mall in almost yeah, a year. I'm not even kidding, uh, which times. is terrible to say, but it's just because um, you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With COVID. So uh, I don't even know. I found out that either ASOP has opened or will open in Yorkdale as well. And I, I I'd oh. heard about it and I didn't know, but then I went on the ASOP website because we're going to be doing a oh, yes. story next week yeah, on Aesop yeah. in retail insider, everybody. And because there's one opening across the street from me here in Cumberland street. And, uh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing too is that um, we rely on sometimes other information that we can find because we're not there in person. So at some point somebody's going to have to tell us what's going on at York So maybe I'll just call up uh, someone there, Claire or someone.
0: (laughs) One besides Toronto though, we also had a number of um, openings of a luxury nature in Edmonton. So that would be uh, like St. Laurent, that would be Gucci, APM Monaco. So it's interesting to me outside of the bubble of Toronto, that, uh, that this was happening too, but do you want to kind of talk about that region and how luxury is kind of looking for 2021
1: yeah. too? Edmonton's an interesting market and really it is just West Edmonton Mall. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Basically, seeing. we're just getting a plug to West Edmonton Mall here. <laughs> because, so yeah, what <laughs> happened was in early Jan- was it January of 2020, Holt Renfrew closed this downtown Edmonton store. Yeah. Louis Vuitton had already moved out to West Edmonton Mall. So yeah, yeah. Uh, now some of those brands that were in West Edmonton Mall that were doing well have followed uh, Louis Vuitton into West Edmonton Mall. And nice. I think that that, well, well, I know there's some negotiations for some more brands, so there, you know we could see more of these stores. But APM Monaco, uh, I didn't actually even get that information from West Edmonton. Also, Dean, mm. from a chat. <laughs> you, know, you can't sometimes say stuff. But Jordan Carp, who's the broker, had uh, given us Aww. note of that. So it looks like A so APM Monaco. It's not that expensive. Like I put it in there, but I don't know if I call it a luxury brand, but it's it's a nice yeah. upscale brand for uh, of, of jewelry. And, and yeah.
0: well, and it's beautiful stuff. But um, one of the things I wanted to do is try to bring it. Back up to the higher level, because this is more focused on the luxury vertical across Canada, right? So is there anything from your, you know, insights and what you're seeing at a broader base, like across the different geographical areas from the luxury spend vertical that you wanted to talk about geographically
1: wise, generally, or like broadly
0: across nationwide?
1: Well, it's selected markets, I would say. So you do have to look at them individually because different parts of Canada are quite different. And, and I mean, what's funny is even, you know, a few years ago, Edmonton would not have been looked at as a, as a luxury market. I, I don't know if it yeah. still is now, but certainly, mm. you know, there were lineups outside of the Saint Laurent store. Apparently they hired a whole bunch of old Holt Renfrew employees mm. and they had a, a, you know, book of clients and. Oh. <laughs> You know, they all got them in there, which is great. And Louis Vuitton, I think, you know, is in line to do some numbers. I think they were doing similar numbers to what they were doing at whole Renfrew and probably a little bit higher, which is good. And again, this is during a pandemic. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Gucci, when it opens at West Edmonton mall should hopefully do some really good sales. It's going to be a big store and have ready to wear. Um, Mm. The Toronto market—it's big. It's over six million people. There are lots of rich people. It's the business center of Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, there's a market for that sort of thing. Um, again, though, given that we're not—we don't have—you know—social events, uh, and from from galas to you know lunches, uh, uh, people aren't going to work. There's there's less of a demand for fashion, and in this case, high-end fashion. Uh, uh, be it a you know a man's suit or a tuxedo for a woman, say a formal uh, evening dress or a ball gown, something to that effect. Ball gowns aren't that no. popular anymore, anyways. Really, but they used to be. Uh, you know, the Vancouver market's uh, interesting because it was quite reliant on tourism, uh, be it from the cruise ships or just people visiting from around the world. Exactly. And Obviously, that's not they're not, not Vancouver's not seeing that right now uh, in terms of tourism. Yeah. So it is very reliant. But the interesting thing again about Vancouver is uh, we saw immigration over a number of years. Now the Montreal market's the last one I I haven't really touched on. And Montreal is interesting because there are some extremely, like if you go over the billionaire list uh, for Canada and whatnot, Montreal has a lot, you know, quite a few, like it's got rich people. It doesn't have the stores though, like Toronto and Vancouver does in terms of luxury. So you've got Holt Renfrew Ogilvy, beautiful, you know, the department store, beautiful 250,000 square feet, chock full of concession boutiques for many of the world's top brands. I mean, um, and, and hopefully, you know, it's successful, but the Montreal shopper, they, this is what I've been told kind of more anecdotally. Cause I asked some questions. I said, why don't you have all these really fancy stores you have in Toronto? And they said, well, it's because women in Montreal are smarter. <laughs> this is what I was told. They said, you know, they know fashion. They know, they know style, they know quality, and they don't need a big fancy brand name. They don't have to spend that much money because they know how to shop. And, but I know when I was a kid, Sherbrooke Street certainly had some pretty fancy stores. They're all gone, except for, I would say, Tiffany and Escada. But, you know, years and years ago in the 80s and 90s, uh, Sherbrooke Street easily rivaled Blur Street, I would say, in Toronto in terms of having, you know, luxury stores lining the street. And uh, they just all kind of cleared out. And, and there's various reasons why, you know, some retail in Montreal has struggled. whole run for Ogilvy again. Uh, Maxime Frechette, our wonderful Montreal correspondent, did a little tour because the stores is open on Monday. And in Quebec and uh, found that some stuff would had changed a little bit. Uh, Brioni is going to be shutting down apparently on oh, the men's no. floor. Um, a Miu Miu boutique was supposed to open on the third floor of Holt for Ogilvy. They've decided not to. So I don't know what's going on there. And, and again, the Montreal market, I, I think it's been a bit challenging for luxury retail, but nevertheless it's got rich yeah. people and, and it's Montreal. I mean, Essence, uh, S-S-E-N-C-E, I S- E yeah. <laughs> I can't spell um, is headquartered in Montreal and has a, has a really cool store, five level store in old Montreal. So Montreal has cool retail and, and you know, it has you know, people that are supporting some of these stores, but it, it'll be interesting to see because if that shopper in Montreal, who's wealthy is not going to Paris or New York to shop uh, you know, the Montreal market could benefit from that. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch this over the next little while. Uh, Cause I, I heard that Montclair is going to be opening a store, a standalone in Montreal. I don't know where, but Probably um, uh, Rue de la Montagne, just north of Holran for Ogilvy, because I don't know where else yeah. they would go. I, I, can't, I, wouldn't, I couldn't think of another space that I would pick for them uh, that would make sense, because Montreal doesn't really have a luxury street mm-hmm. uh, right yeah. now, other than maybe that one.
0: One well, other than the positives of where um, luxury retail is going to be going in 2021, like we talked about a lot of the openings. What about some of the closings that we touched upon in the uh, mm-hmm. actual article itself as well. as Some that we actually put into the brief that just published.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And actually I called Leone today Well, I called what would have been Leone, So they're gone. Uh, their website is down. And cause honestly, I didn't know. I mean, Vancouver, as you know, hasn't had the same lockdowns, but I'm in Toronto and I, I'm not traveling like yeah. I used to. So, um, yeah, no, I had to confirm it by phone yeah. call and not through traveling. And so it looks like Leone's closed down and, and it's sad because, you know, beautiful multi-brand retailer based in the Sinclair center, seven fifty seven West Hastings street. Uh, ever since I was very young, it was definitely a style setter in Vancouver. Uh, I remember going out to Vancouver to play hockey and, you know, going to the Versace store that they had in there and trying on a $6,000 jacket. I totally told the sales guy, Russ, I remember his name, I'm like I can't afford this. And he's, and I'm also, I was, I think I was 16 and he's like, don't worry, we're just going to put it on you and you're going to look great and feel great. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little memory around Versace Leone, but it's, 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 you know, really end of an era. That's really sad. But the other, the other retailer that, you know, I mentioned in the article, well, actually no, sorry. We mentioned in the brief, we mentioned it in the luxury article too is um, so I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. I'm going to pronounce it Frey Viley, but you and I went on to YouTube and yes. tried to figure out how to pronounce this, and there was different pronunciations. But it's a luxury retailer based out of Austria that's known for its, uh, you know, beautiful enamel um, jewelry like bracelets. Uh, they do watches, as you noted. I think that's a newer thing for them, and scarves. Exactly. And uh, they'd opened in I think it was 2010 in downtown Vancouver in a really obscure yes. location. It's, it was again the 500 block of Howe Street. And, um, you know, near Holt Renfrew. So that's not necessarily a bad strategy because Holtz had opened there in 2007 in the new location and, uh, you know, oh. Freyviley or however it's pronounced, yes. you know, opened a little ways up the way. And then we had even further up another block, you had Cartier and, uh, uh in your, and I think Desiem is there, uh, right now, but in years past, I remember Alfred Dunhill had that store there, and oh, there was, in yes. years past, again, Hugo Boss and a few other stores were up in that area, but, uh, we called that the Hastings. I think the, Hastings Heritage Heritage uh, District. And it was sort of in line to become a luxury zone, but apparently Alberni Street won. Oh. So there there really isn't much in the way of luxury retail up there. Now it's really just, you know, Burke's, which has a gorgeous flagship store up there, and Roche Boba's Furniture. And uh, are there any others for luxury stores up there? I mean, with Leone closing, I mean, the Plaza Escada is long gone. Well, what
0: about uh, Britling, my Rodeo Jewelers?
1: Oh yeah. Rodeo jewelers. That's the, that's the jeweler. Yeah. So Rodeo jewelers, because they were in um, Oak Ridge center, but Oak Ridge center retailers have uh, closed down uh, for, you know, the incredible overhaul that's going to be happening there. And actually next month in March, the uh, Hudson Bay department store there will be shutting down temporarily or in theory, temporarily yeah, because um, they were supposed to stay open. I thought through the construction, I don't know why, to be honest, Um, maybe it was just a thing around their lease or something, Mm -hmm. but they're probably getting no customers, so yeah. <laughs> they're just like, All right, can we just shut this down for a while? So it'll, it'll probably reopen again in twenty twenty four. You know, if if the Hudson Bay Company still has yeah. department stores, then and if it does, yeah, uh, you know, uh, and, and operates them as such, you know, as they currently are. So I mean, things can change in a few years, right? So. Um, but that is the the plan currently
0: oh yeah and that pretty much covers what we wanted to for this podcast for the luxury vertical and what's going to look like for canada in 2021 as well as some of the closures so thank you craig for going through that with me today and thank you to our listeners for being with us today please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and we would appreciate it if you left a review with your podcast provider to help others find us too and just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning. And it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day, as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page. And then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And Craig, thanks for chatting
1: and chat with you next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care.